focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters in Guanzhou and Yunseung. Guys, welcome back. Good Hello, evening. SJ. Good to see both of you in the studio. Someone's really <laughs> been enjoying the fact that I was not in at work. <laughs> no. Indeed. I didn't enjoy that you were not here, but I did enjoy hosting the show. So, <laughs> before the show, I didn't know where my cue sheet went. <laughs> And uh, this cue sheet is given to our producer, our engineer, and myself, mm. the host of mm-hmm. Korea Now. Uh, guess who had possession of the cue sheet? <laughs> Soa. <laughs> <laughs> our writer uh, put it onto my, my script. I'm I don't t- know why. <laughs> you know who it is? It, it's our, it's our, uh, one of our writers. Uh, she, for some reason... I think prefers you as the host because Aww. last time, last time for the longest time, she would not change. <laughs> I'm your host, Kwon Soa, on the uh, the <laughs> really? opening uh, for the longest time, and now she gives you the uh, the cue sheet. Uh, but uh, so we, I do appreciate you filling in uh, during my vacation. No but, uh, problem, and I'm you. happy to see you back in that chair. <laughs> Thank you. We got a lot to talk about here. Well, yesterday the launch of the South Korean homegrown uh, space rocket Duty uh, was suspended. Uh, we found out uh, just uh, two hours before the schedule launched that there was some uh, technical glitches. Uh, We were unsure uh, when the next launch was going to be. We knew that it was going to be between the 25th and the 31st. No clear-cut timeline. Uh, I know there was a meeting in regards to when the next uh, launch was going to take place. Well, it's going to happen the next day. In fact, exactly 24 hours after same time, 6.24 p.m. Korea Standard Time on this Thursday. Hey, you're going to give us the latest on the launch of Nudio Space Rocket. Sure. I guess many people disappointed when the launch of Nudi was postponed yesterday. Uh, but the good news is that Nudi will take off at 6.24 p.m. today uh, from the launch pad at the Daru Space Center in Gohung, Jeollanam-do province, in line with its previous plan. And the Ministry of Science and ICT and the Korea Aerospace Research Institute held a committee meeting at 11 a.m. today and announced that they made such decision to launch Nudi after a thorough review and inspection. It also said the weather conditions seemed stable as well, and all of the satellites under Nudi were also found to be in good conditions. And the flight is expected to last for about 18 minutes and 58 seconds, and different from the previous launches, this time Nudi is in mission to put eight practical satellites into orbit, and whether the mission of the rocket has been successfully carried out will be announced 80 minutes after the launch at around 7.42.50 p.m. Again, for our listeners out there, uh, at uh, maybe around uh, 6.23 p.m. Uh, Korea Standard Time, uh, live on Korea Now, we will be giving you the live TV feed from our uh, fellow Arirang News Network. And uh, you'll see a real-time image of the launch in itself, including the countdown. And, of course, it's liftoff into orbit here. Uh, we are going to get the uh, the, the sound from uh, the Arirang News itself. So uh, we won't be talking while the launch is happening in place. But uh, so we will also ask for once the launch is done and over with, uh, we'll uh, just like uh, Seung said, it's going to, I guess, uh, it's going to come out 7.40 to 7.50. Maybe we'll try to get that tomorrow as mm-hmm. it'll come out a little bit too late uh, for our uh, timeline here. You know, Seyoung mentioned that uh, some people might have been disappointed yesterday, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad that it's happening today because we so can, can report on yeah, it. Yeah, we can do the <laughs> countdown together. So, And at least it was... And it, <laughs> what's that expression no, on your face, Esther? <laughs> no, because we're going to air the, uh, yeah. uh, the live uh, launch, and so we don't have to talk for like five minutes. So, so I'm thinking maybe the script is going to be shorter. Maybe that's why you're 
were glad. No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm excited that we can be no. look at the moment together. Oh, yeah, I was just joking. You're absolutely <laughs> right. It is going to be a very historic moment. It mm. is going to be a very special moment for all of us here in Korea, and uh, we will share all of that uh, with all of our lovely listeners here on Arirang Radio. Uh, let's move on to domestic economy. So, uh, so uh, Bank of Korea has decided to keep its key interest rate steady at 3.5%. Uh, this for the third straight time here. Uh, however, the BOK also cut Korea's economic growth estimate for this year as well. So let's get the details of that. Sure. South Korea's central bank uh, at its monetary policy meeting this Thursday announced another key interest rate freeze, keeping it at 3.5% for the third straight time, as it kept it unchanged in its previous rate decision meetings in April and February. And before that, we had seven consecutive hikes since April last year. The Bank of Korea explained that although inflation Inflation is slowing. It is appropriate to maintain the current tightening trend as prices are expected to exceed the country's target level for a considerable period of time. And 3.5% is the forecast for year 2023 when it comes to um, consumer prices. The consumer price index rose 3.7% on year last month to the 3% level, which was the first drop in 14 months. However, core inflation is still at the 4% level, core inflation meaning uh, prices excluding food and energy prices. Regarding the necessity to raise the base rate further, the central bank in its statement today said the board will, quote, make a judgment while assessing the changes in domestic and external policy conditions. But it looks like that the U.S. did not really have an influence on a South Korea's decision yeah. today. Now, while there are positive developments, such as consumption having shown a modest recovery thanks to the service sector, the BOK diagnosed that economic growth has continued to slow on the back of slug exports and investment. And that's why it decided to adjust the country's GDP growth forecast to 1.4% from the earlier 1.6% projection in February, meaning that's also lower than the uh, IMF's prospect of 1.5% for Korea this year. For our listeners out there in the second half of our program, we're going to be inviting our uh, economist and uh, Professor Yang Jun-suk over at uh, Catholic University of Korea to delve uh, deeper into uh, the Bank of Korea's uh, latest uh, rate freeze, and uh, not to mention how that's going to impact us if, let's say, uh, the U.S. Fed decides to either freeze or raise their key interest rates by 25 basis points. Because if they do decide to raise it by 25 basis points, uh, we're going to see a gap of uh, 2%, which is, again, an unprecedented gap there. And uh, how that's going to impact the capital outflow over to the United States will be the big question here. Guys, uh, let's move on here. The National Assembly held a plenary session on Thursday evening. This to pass the special act on the Chunse fraud, which has been uh, a major, major issue. Now, there's been talks about uh, some fraud incidents taking place, not just Chunse, but rental as well, Warse, right? Well, that's mm -hmm. the monthly payment. Uh, and also the revision related to the so-called Kim Nanguk Prevention Act. Now, Kim Nanguk is the uh, former DP lawmaker who was marred in the, uh, the cryptocurrency scandal there. And uh, again, a lot of 
kind of discussions on this front as well. So, Sam, let's get the latest on that. Sure. On Tuesday, we mentioned that a parliamentary subcommittee passed a special bill Monday evening to support victims of a Jeonse fraud amid a series of home rental scams. Um, and the special bill includes offering the victims interest-free loans. And on this Thursday, National Assembly held a plenary session and finally passed the bill. Previously, both ruling and opposition parties reached an agreement on the special law on Jeonse fraud which aims to help the victims by expanding financial support to victims and uh, providing government-level services to prevent their houses being sold to other priority creditors. More specifically, under the special bill, the affected tenants will be able to receive interest-free loans for up to 10 years for a certain amount of deposits they made so they can protect their properties they resign in uh, from being sold to other financial institutions when the houses are put up for auction or public sale. But what's concerning is that um, the victims does not seem so satisfied with this special bill, saying it's insufficient because they still have to be in debt to protect their properties. And these measures are even meaningless for those who are in blind spots. And unfortunately, another victim of the real estate fraud in his 40s found dead on Wednesday in Bichu Holgu Incheon, which shows that the special law was not a great help to him. And so far, five people have to taken their own lives, uh, not overcoming the pain caused by Jeonse fraud. So I hope this is not the end, uh, but starting with this special bill, I hope the government will continue to listen to the voices of the victims and come up with the measures that can actually reduce the pain and burden of the victims. Yeah, and so that was the criticism. We mentioned this uh, yesterday as well in that the part of the act is that they get, uh, what is it, the interest-free loans mm -hmm. uh, in order to cover uh, in order to protect their property. But again, once again, that is a loan, which right. means that they are borrowing and they've already lost whatever money that was scammed down, exactly. right? And, and, and granted, mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying, well, if you compare it to some of the other houses, uh, you know, it's less than 100,000 US dollars. But a lot of the people who live there uh, in those areas where it costs less than 100,000 US dollars for Junze are people who are in the lower income bracket. And mm -hmm. so that's a whole lot of money for them. And so not only did they lose what potentially is their entire life saving, and even some who have, may have taken out loans to get that money to get the Junze, now they have to get another loan, mm -hmm. Uh, interest-free so it's still it's double the uh, in, in some case it might be even a, a double uh, the debt that they're getting so again you're not always going to get uh, everyone happy with this but this is the best they can do uh, it's not like they can give out free money and uh, basically give out all the money that they've been scammed on as well uh, but as mentioned it is interesting um, how they named this particular act the Kim Nam-guk Prevention Act, uh, mm -hmm. specifically naming the former DP lawmaker uh, who is involved with the cryptocurrency uh, scandal here. And this was also passed at the plenary session. So uh, tell us more about that. Yes, um, it's called Kim Nam-guk Prevention Act, named after ex-DP lawmaker who caused controversies over issues related to his coin assets, was also passed at the plenary session held on Thursday. Kim Nam-guk Prevention Act includes the requirements for high-ranking officials and lawmakers to report their virtual assets, such as cryptocurrency, in their annual asset disclosure. Um, so far, virtual assets were excluded from public officials' annual asset disclosure. So not only 
for high-ranking officials, but for the public, I believe, bills subjecting virtual assets should be more thoroughly discussed and enacted as more and more people, especially those in their 20s and 30s, have suffered tremendous damage from cryptocurrency investment while the market is only growing. And now it's really um, necessary to come up with more cryptocurrency bills. Again, it's interesting because the whole idea of cryptocurrency is to be decentralized and uh, you know the person who uh, created Bitcoin in the first place wanted to create uh, number one a, a currency that is separate from the US dollar mm -hmm. uh, he or she who created the Bitcoin we don't know who created Bitcoin by the way uh, is basically said the US the value of the US dollar uh, basically controls every other currencies around the world and also you wanted he or she wanted a currency that is not overlooked by the government but yet what we're <laughs> seeing basically is a government intervention mm -hmm. on all the uh, cryptocurrencies but again uh, some people who are saying that what Kim Nam-guk did wasn't so controversial hey what's wrong with uh, investing in cryptocurrency but on the flip side the big uh, question was whether or not he had inside information because he had some link with uh, the WeMix right. coin and the creators of the mm -hmm. WeMix coin uh, I believe WeMix, who I forgot who made the WeMix coins but nevertheless uh, we'll see what happens moving on here the other big story this past week, we talked about the 21-member inspection team uh, heading over to Fukushima uh, to conduct their on-site inspection. They also held meetings as well. Uh, this with the, uh, the the Japanese officials on this uh, Thursday before returning back home tomorrow. So uh, let's get the latest on the inspection team and their visit to uh, Fukushima. Mm -hmm. So today, this Thursday, the inspection team that's been in Japan since Sunday to carry out its own evaluation of whether it is safe or not to release wastewater into the Pacific Ocean from the Fukushima power plant uh, or not has held its final round of discussions with the Japanese authorities. So today's meeting was similar to the one held on Monday, but a more in-depth technical discussion based on the South Korean delegation's on-site inspections it conducted on Tuesday and Wednesday. Apart from officials at Japan's Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry, the Tokyo Electric Power Company, or TEPCO in short, Japan's Nuclear Regulatory Commission attended the meeting for the first time. The NRA is in charge of reviewing and regulating TEPCO's wastewater discharge plans. South Korea's inspection team was said to have asked the NRA questions on their findings uh, during their tour around the power plant. The chairperson of South Korea's Nuclear Safety and Security Commission, Yugu Ki, who leads the 21-member team, was said to hold a briefing this evening. Uh, I just checked. It looks like they uh, have not yet he uh, held a briefing. They said it's going to happen around 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. So we'll probably have more details on that tomorrow. Yeah, still uh, no updates on that front here. And uh, a lot of eyes and ears on the results of the inspection, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're hoping for is, number one, a very transparent, uh, I guess, uh, results of the inspection and uh, make sure that everything is for the people of Korea. It's not mm -hmm. for the, uh, the the TEPCO or the, the Japanese government trying to uh, release the contaminated water, but for the people of Korea who... Again, uh, scientific analysis show that it is going to impact the waters uh, off the coast of uh, Korea. But uh, speaking of uh, you, he did 
have some immediate remarks after the two-day on-site checkup. Uh, so tell us about those and also give us a rundown about uh, Wednesday's inspection. Right. After Tuesday's examination of the purification system, ALPS, or Advanced Liquid Processing System, and cave core tanks that store and measure radioactive substances, on Wednesday, the team inspected a nuclide anal analysis facility, the plant's tritium dilution system, and the facility that's actually in charge of releasing the treated water. According to Chairman Yugo Ki, one of the focuses in their inspections Wednesday was the valves that are able to block the water discharge. So in case something goes wrong, they would have to block it, right? So they tried to uh, make sure where they, where they are located and whether they are functioning well. So following yesterday's observation, you told reporters on site, quote, we examined all the facilities we wanted to see, but we need to engage in additional analysis of their function and role. He also emphasized that the team has requested immense amounts of data during their on-site checkup, adding that based on those, more discussions are planned. You added that while the team could not collect water samples, it is analyzing those collected by the International Atomic Energy Agency. The IAEA is, meanwhile, expected to publish its report on Japan's wastewater release plans next month. Uh, but when South Korea's government will release its own official assessment is not known, whether that will be before the IAEA or after. Yeah, so th the big inspection here is for the plant's tritium dilution system. Um, they're saying that everything else is sort of getting either filtered out or it's not going to be a, a too hazardous uh, to the human body. But tritium is the one where they can't fully filter out. Right. And so there's mm -hmm. going to be some levels of tritium. And so how much of the tritium is going to be released into the water is going to be the big thing, right? And because we found out that tritium, uh, I've only heard of tritium because of this. I've, Same here. Mm -hmm. Chemistry was not my cup of tea uh, back <laughs> when I was school, but tritium is cancerous. Uh, it also does have a half-life of uh, something like 17.5 years or something like that, which means that it takes many, many years uh, for it to be gone. So again, we are hoping for some very transparent results of the analysis here and uh, of course here in our program we will give you guys the latest updates on this uh, speaking of japan according to yomiri shimbun on thursday south korea and japan have begun coordinating the entry of japanese warships into the port city of Busan, uh, which is expected to hoist the ensign of the japanese maritime self-defense force for the high level forum uh, of the proliferation security initiative set to be held next tuesday uh, in jeju now there is a reason why a lot of people are upset. Uh, mm -hmm. The flag is very similar, or it is the uh, rising sun symbol that is similar to the Nazi swastika, hence the controversy. Sam, you have more on this. Yes, um, Yomiuri Shimbun on Thursday reported that for the upcoming multinational drills, Eastern Endeavor 23 exercise, which will take place next Tuesday on South Korea's Jeju-do Island, Japan's warship is likely to hoist the rising sun flag, or the one sim looks similar to rising sun flag, a symbol of Japan's past militarism. And in regards to that, the report says um, South Korea and Japan are having a consultation, said to Japan, hoisting this controversial insight is a very sensitive issue here in South Korea. 
Well, talking about the Eastern Endeavor 23 exercise first, hosted by South Korean government, it's focused on intercepting and seizing contraband materials related to weapons of mass destruction, or WMD. And following this multinational maritime drill, participating countries, including the U.S., Japan, and Australia, will also have a high-level forum, dubbed the Proliferation Security Initiative, or PSI, in Jeju, and South Korea will be the host of the forum. So amid growing tensions in the Korean Peninsula, it's significant that South Korea hosts such joint maritime drill and PSI as well in an effort to target the trafficking of WMD, their delivery systems and related materials. But what's concerning is that if Japan resists to go ahead with displaying its controversial rising sun flag, again, a symbol of Japan's military imperialism during international naval drill, it can be very offensive to South Korea. That's right. Uh, We're going to talk more about this. But for now, we are going to give you guys, all of our listeners out there, the countdown to the nudie rocket liftoff. This is taking place. What you guys are watching is from Arirang News. And we will be back once the launch does happen. T minus 15. So what you just saw, once again, it's the uh, so far so good launch of the Nuri space rocket. Uh, what we saw was uh, after 120 seconds since the launch, 
you had the separation of the, the the first stage is what we saw and they, we just got the confirmation that the first stage was successfully separated there uh, and uh, four minutes 32 seconds after the liftoff uh, that's when the second separation happens uh, 13 minutes and three seconds uh, is when they do hopefully reach the orbit and uh, once they do reach the orbit in uh, 20 second intervals is when they uh, release the the eight practical uh, satellites uh, that goes with the, uh, the 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 space rocket there so uh we don't know yet. We're not going to know until later on whether or not uh, this is going to be a successful launch or not. All you're going to see is orange dot, mm. and that doesn't really tell us much. Mm. So uh, hopefully we have a lot of our listeners out there tuning into this. We do appreciate you guys being part of history being made. And uh, again, a lot of uh, fingers crossed, including Chris Rhodes, uh, Plena Maldonado, crossing your fingers. We also have our fingers crossed as well. And as we do get the information, we are going to, of course, uh, give you all the updates on our Friday's edition of Korea Now. Uh, quite interesting, right? I mean, we you guys saw, what was it? Uh, the Were you guys here when you guys saw the, the first launch in the office? Were you guys all there, there or where did you guys see this? The first launch was in year, when was it? 21, I want to say. I think it was 21. It was 21. I definitely saw it, but I'm, I'm not sure where if I it was. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> it was 21, and then the, the second one uh, happened uh, late last year, right? 22. Right. So I think I was home watching it. Because mm. the first and then I came to uh, Arirang Radio, and then I think I talked about it before <laughs> here <laughs> inside this studio. So you're 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 part of the uh, the duty, uh, I guess, uh, show for yeah. the mm-hmm. two times. But I, it's it's weird because the the first time, the first launch where it wasn't successful, mm. a lot of us were very very nervous. Uh, mm. We were all watching it. Uh, it is true. The first one was in uh, 21. Uh, I just right. remember it because we're all in the office outside. Mm-hmm. We had the television. They were all watching it. And uh, we had absolutely nothing. We had no idea what was going on. Uh, we, right. And then uh, we got the news later on that it wasn't successful. Uh, the second launch in 2022 was successful. But there wasn't as much sort of uh, nervous feeling. I, I, I thought <laughs> a lot of people were like, oh, well, we'll get it this time, right? Mm-hmm. We'll get it this time. And so this because now it's not a dummy satellite as it was right, with the second right. one. The, third, uh, the first one actually was also a partial success. It was, mm-hmm. the, yes, that's mm-hmm. a very good way to put it yes. because that's how a lot of people did put it as well. It's mm-hmm. just partial success in that you have to get into you have to take into consideration the first half was all successful and we got what we wanted mm-hmm. except uh, there was uh, certain issues. Uh, we got the information that the second separation has been successful. Yes, uh, wow. they've hit uh, 258 kilometers. That is impressive. Wow, uh, and so. Our mm-hmm. producer, thankfully, will be giving us uh, the latest mm-hmm. updates uh, on that front. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, talk about shift our focus to Ukraine this time because media reports say that South Korean ammunition is on its way to Ukraine, which would be a huge shift in Seoul's support for the war-hit country. As you know, uh, South Korea has only been assisting them with non-lethal weapons aid. So uh, let's get the latest on this. Sure. The Wall Street Journal, in a report Wednesday titled South Korean Artillery Supply Allows U.S. to Delay Decision on Cluster Munitions for Ukraine, said that hundreds of thousands of South Korean artillery rounds are on their way to Ukraine via the United States. The journal mentioned this uh, comes after South Korea's initial resistance 
resistance toward providing arms to Ukraine. The report cited unnamed sources but said Seoul has sealed a confidential arrangement with Washington to send shells to the U.S. that are then to be delivered to Ukraine. It was also not made clear whether these were actually made in Korea ammunitions. It was reportedly an agreement made based on a favor uh, for the U.S. that had asked its ally last year on this move. Neither the White House nor the South Korean government have officially responded to whether the report is true or false. Actually, I just... uh Recently saw a mm-hmm. report that the South Korean government has denied this. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what South Korea's national security advisor Cho Tae-yong said uh, on Wednesday during a steering committee when asked by lawmakers of whether Seoul plans to send ammunition to Ukraine uh, was that the issue will be considered after a review of the situation on ground. And Defense Minister spokesperson Ton ha on Thursday said there have been talks with Pentagon on ammunition exports, but uh, he mentioned that that um, the Wall Street Journal report had inaccurate parts, but he didn't elaborate on which parts were inaccurate. But again, as I said, the latest report says that South Korea's government has uh, denied uh, that uh, the report is true and also said that South Korea's stance remains that it is uh, providing the Ukraine with non-lethal weapons. It is interesting how you get certain reports and then uh, you have the government denying it. So we don't know what's true, but I'm sure uh, more developments on this front because there is uh, ex- extensive clashes happening, and especially in Bakhmut region uh, over in Ukraine. And they're expecting a, a, uh, a an offensive from the Ukrainian side. So they need all the assistance. But of course, uh, there's going to be a huge, I guess, uh, blowback and uh, criticism from Russia if Obviously, South Korea does decide to assist them with lethal weapons here. Uh, Also, Radio Free Asia reported on the 25th that John Plum, uh, he's the Deputy Secretary of Defense for Space Policy, is likely to represent the U.S. side for the Nuclear Consultative Group, or the NCG, that we talked about here. Uh, This is the extended deterrence consultative body where the leaders of South Korea and the United States decided to establish uh, during the Yoon Biden summit last month. So, Seung, you have more on this. Yes, according to the report, a Pentagon official told the RFA that Plum, who has been representing the U.S. on the nuclear issue, um, is more likely to be the U.S. representative than Ely Rotner, the U.S. Deputy Secretary for East Asia and the Pacific, who is another candidate. And Robert Super, who served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Nuclear and Missile Defense Policy during the Trump administration, also said that Plum is highly likely to be appointed as the U.S. representative at the uh, at the NCG. Meanwhile, Hop Tae-gun, head of the Defense Ministry's policy office, is known to be the most likely representative of South Korea. And the first meeting of the nuclear consultative group is expected to take place as early as next month, and we'll continue to update you on uh, what the two sides discuss at NCG. In the meantime, South Korea and the United States are conducting their largest ever live fire exercises uh, to commemorate the 70th anniversary of their alliance. So, so tell us more about this drill. Right. The South Korean and U.S. militaries were said to have begun massive live fire drills near the border with North Korea this Thursday, uh, the so-called combined joint live fire exercise. But other reports also call it the combined annihilation firepower drills. So these are taking place at the Seungjin Fire Training Field in Pocheon, some 
some 52 kilometers northeast of the capital Seoul. And this is the first of its kind in six years. Uh, but so far, South Korea and the U.S. had conducted these drills 11 times since 1977. And uh, today's um, drills were the first round of a total of five exercises scheduled until mid-June. The next one will be on June the 2nd, then on the 7th, the 12th and 15th. The drills are taking place, marking the 70th anniversary of the South Korea-U.S. alliance, as well as an effort to step up efforts in deterrence against North Korea's military threats. The drills were to involve advanced stealth fighter jets, attack helicopters, tanks, as well as multiple rocket launch systems. The exact number of troops was not unveiled, but the last exercise in 2017 involved 48 South Korean and U.S. units and more than 2,000 troops. The drills are highly likely to infuriate North Korea, as its state media already forecasted last week when it called the war exercise just sheer, and I'm not going to mention the next word, but it's a swear word. I got really scared because I saw the word on the script. I was and not going to say it. And I was like, Soa, you're not going to read this, are you? Um, yeah, it's... Uh, oh, now I'm it's really a, curious. Oh, just sheer cow poo is... Ah, yes, cow poo. Okay. Let's just put it cow poo is, is what... It's just... The way that North Korea words some of these stuff is just mm. uh, ridiculous. Uh, just very quickly, we just got the uh, news that uh, Nuri has surpassed the 550-kilometer altitude here. And so we're nearing uh, closer and closer to the uh, the next uh, phase mm, here. Nice. And uh, hopefully we'll see, uh, we'll get more information on this. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk about uh, the bail of Do Guan or Kwon Do Hyung is his full Korean name. Uh, this is the man who single-handedly wiped out massive amounts of the cryptocurrency market uh, through the Terra Luna Forum, and uh, he is the co-founder of Terraform Labs. Uh, he was indicted in Montenegro using after he was caught uh, at the airports, uh, potentially heading over to Dubai. He had fake passports, a, uh, a uh, fake uh, Costa Rican passport, mm -hmm. and a uh, Belgian passport. And apparently, the bail has been lifted. It's been canceled, and uh, he's going to be facing trial in custody. He's not going to be released. Sian, let's get more on this. Sure. According to the Montenegrin daily newspaper Poveda on Wednesday, a higher court in Montenegro has scrapped Terraform Labs founder Kwon Do-hyung's bail following an appeal. Earlier on May 12th, a district court in the Balkan country announced that it had granted bail requested by CEO Kwon and his former chief financial officer Han and it, it accepted 400,000 euros, which is about 580 million won, bail for each and placed them under house arrest with uh, police supervision without detention. But on Wednesday, a higher court ruled that receiving about $860,000 on bail from these two Korean nationals could not be guaranteed. And currently, both South Korea and the U.S. are seeking the extradition of Kwon Do-hyung or To Kwon, uh, but the Montenegro's authorities continue to insist that Kwon and his former financial officer Han should be tried in Montenegro before possibly um, possible extradition. And for now, we have have no idea when they're going to be sent to South Korea, but a lot of victims are just watching how yeah. things will turn out. Well, it's not even just a trial. The trial itself is going to take many, many months, uh, if not maybe over a year as well. But what the Montenegrin uh, officials also said was that he needs to serve his prison sentence too. And then, yes, and, then and so you have mm -hmm. a maximum of five-year prison sentence uh, for Dogwon and uh, 
uh, Hwang Chang-jun, uh, mm-hmm. who is his former uh, finance officer, like you said. And so it's, it's going to be many years before any kind of extradition uh, does put place. Uh, we just got information, ladies and gentlemen, that the first satellite has been separated from the space rocket there. Uh, and so, again, so far, so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are looking at a very successful uh, launch so far. Uh, we're going to finally wrap things up here. Forecast of Typhoon Mawar uh, making its way to the Pacific Islands of Guam. So, uh, um, how is this going to affect us if it does, I guess? Well, first off, I'm happy that it did not affect today's uh, satellite launch oh, because there were yeah, also yeah. concerns about that. So after Typhoon Mawar has slammed into the island Guam, it's brought heavy rain and hurricane force winds there. Although the worst was said to have uh, been gone uh, there, residents are still asked to stay at home. And I also just checked that uh, South Korea's foreign ministry says that around 3,000 South Korean nationals are currently in Guam. Uh, but uh, Fortunately, no deaths and injuries were reported from this typhoon. It has affected, though, not only residents, but as I said, also uh, South Koreans, because it's a very hot spot for uh, vacationers. Mm -hmm. Now, what now has to be considered is the typhoon's next path and its strength. It has been upgraded to a super typhoon. And according to the Korean Meteorological Administration, Typhoon Mawar was headed to the sea near the east of Manila, the Philippines, and is expected to hit there on Friday. For now, the intensity is expected to stay at a super strong stage until the 28th. It may be lowered to a very strong one by the 29th. By then, it's expected to be located between the Philippines and Taiwan and under the Okinawa Islands. But uh, as it is with typhoons, the path can always change. So Taiwan, Korea, Japan, all these countries in these regions should check uh, weather reports frequently. And also those who plan trips, they should check their flights as well for any cancellations or delays. That's right. Uh, for our listeners out there, also some updates. The Cube satellite, the sixth satellite has been separated. Remember, it's in intervals of every 20 seconds mm-hmm. right now. And so uh, we still have two more. We're getting the latest update. The seventh satellite has been separated from uh, the Nudie space rocket in about 20 seconds from less than 20 mm-hmm. seconds now. The eighth and final satellite should be successfully lifted, uh, separated from the space rocket, which then uh, we can Great conclude news. that it would be a very successful mm-hmm. uh, space rocket. Guys, uh, Soa and Seung, thank you very much. Should we wait another 15, 10 seconds to I see what's going on? Yes, can we? Let's do that. I think we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> our producers are gonna just go over. It's probably gonna be the eighth successful satellite, anyways. But uh, it is going to be uh, a probably a, a very successful launch so far mm-hmm. with the uh, Nudio. And uh, we'll get some more updates on this. Guys, thank you very much for your reports today. Have a safe rest of the night, and we'll see you guys again. Thank you. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Korea time.